So the news is that the global e-commerce technology company Amazon is expanding to Nigeria and South Africa. Now this is really exciting because this is going to give um, other existing e-commerce platforms Probably just sit up and start doing things a lot better but our storyline or case study for today it's actually a case that features amazon and it's like an interplay of intellectual property and e-commerce how e-commerce company can position themselves in a digital era and what are the liabilities in the event of an infringement where a pirated or an infringing product has been sold on e-commerce platform like Amazon because I know I don't think Jumia and Konga has experienced things like this but I've seen a couple of cases where um, people who subscribe to the to either eBay or Amazon um, to sell you know products or, or on the platform and end up being accused of one thing or the other and then Amazon is roped in in the disputes so what are those things that e-commerce um, platforms like Amazon need to look out for while setting up their, you know, businesses in Nigeria and how to deal with trademark infringement or intellectual property infringement, as the case might be. Now, where are my manners? Welcome, guys, to today's episode. I think this is the 70th episode. Oh, my gosh. So, welcome to the 70th episode of IP Series with your favorite podcast host, Rita Amiri Chinda. Now, we talk about recent cases and development globally uh, with regards to copyright, trademark, patent, industrial design, trade secret, plant variety, geographical education so if this is your first time listening to my podcast thank you um don't forget to hit the subscribe the follow um favorite whichever platform you're listening on don't forget to subscribe and and for my returning listeners oh my god you guys are the best i mean thank you thank you thank you thank you for always coming back to listen to me talk about intellectual property and yeah don't forget to also share with your friends and contact and family and with that we're going right into today's story. If there's one thing that we can take away from the pandemic, is the fact that technology made things a bit easier for us. With tech, it was easy for you to just sit at home and place your orders and you got your stuff. Now, e-commerce, more than any other platform, involves the selling of goods and services that have intellectual property rights so a good could have um a name a logo um a sign design um the product itself the packaging and it's very important that you know platforms like e-commerce take ip serious in order to, to protect their business interests they can also you know help the business in branding they can also commercialize elements of their businesses they can also consider policies such as you know return policies um privacy policies cookie policies um whatever thing they are doing just take all of that into consideration for you to have good elements or um strategies 
for your company and also comply with the regulatory um, requirements in the jurisdiction that you are going to be starting up your business. So what are those things that Amazon needs to do? Um, setting up or expanding to Nigeria. So other than intellectual property, they'll also be talking of um, industry compliance, tax, etc., etc. Now, in today's case study, the case is, um, is between David of licensee Corti against Amazon. This decision was given um, in 2019 by the Court of Justice of the EU. Now, in this case, the EU on that's the, C, the Court of Justice of the EU on the 28th of November 2020 said that companies like Amazon cannot escape trademark infringement simply because they are not the seller and could be held for failing to exercise a certain degree of diligence in detecting counterfeit and other infringement from third-party sellers. So, why Amazon is coming into Nigeria? What are those policies that they've, they've put in place to protect themselves from liabilities or disputes that, you know, people consumers may want to you know exercise their right in terms of suing where they've been cheated or defrauded or scammed like we like like to say i mean if you've been scammed by an instagram seller you would definitely understand what the implications are for e-commerce platforms like amazon and why it's very important to get it right now this case began sometime in 2017 where the EU um, Court of Justice had held that e-commerce platforms such as e eBay and Amazon can block retailers from selling their products on their platform, especially if the person has been notorious for selling counterfeited products. Um, they would take that step to protect themselves. Now, I first came across I first came across this publication um, when it was posted by at fashion law you guys check out the blog if you're interested in fashion law this is um a blog curated especially for fashion related disputes um they're both on 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 linkedin and on twitter so now if this was in nigeria are are courts ready to fight infringement in the digital age whereby the person infringing the third party infringing did not even get like a license to sell but they decided to put up that product online and resell it when will our law be at par with the reality of intellectual property in the digital age and when will we have like an ip policy that helps protect creators and innovators while you know helping the country's economy to grow um, is there really enough sensitization and awareness on the role of intellectual property in the economy? Because globally, we are considered to be like least developed country. You know, so yeah. Those are like some of the matters arising, but we just have to, or I'll just, you know, take us through what e-commerce is and how it interplays with IP. And then I'll focus on the case between David of licensee quality and amazon so e-commerce is defined by shopify to be um, activities related to buying and selling of goods and also service 
using the internet and the transfer of money and data to execute this transaction electronically. I mean, this involves a lot of, it happens a lot of things. So you're talking about fintech, um, data protection, because you're going to be exchanging data, like giving out your information to the platforms and then, you know, um, the the e portal will do is business. Now, this kind of call for a B2B business or B2C or C2C or C2B. Now, top e-commerce websites in Nigeria, as at 2019 included, Conga, Jumia, OLX Nigeria, Payport, Vconnect Nigeria, Kara, Printivo, Store, Udala, Deal, Day, Mobile Free, Slot, etc. But presently, I'm sure we have a lot more. Um, now, from the list that I listed above, Udala and Conga became a merger um, in, 20, in 2018. Yeah. Now, one of the comp components was that the companies considered was their intellectual property because when you're doing mergers between two companies, you have to consider which one has a bigger presence and which one has more reach, uh, while at the same time you're you know, combining your reach and gaining new consumers and new markets and the rest of them. Now, role of intellectual property in commerce. Internet usage for e-commerce and the proper usage of the tools of intellectual property system is important for the development of a digital economy and the success of the e-commerce company. Two things to keep in mind. You need to safeguard and protect your intellectual property and make sure that you're not actually infringing or violating another person's intellectual property rights or intellectual property. And this makes e-commerce platforms like Amazon depend on companies working together to share what they have through a licensing arrangement or considering the opportunities and the risks of business. An e-commerce based business usually hold a great deal of value when dealing with intellectual property, which could either make or break any IP valuation. So in the event that they decide to go into a major society, such as one that Udala and and um, Conga did, um, an IP valuation will be very necessary for the company as they will go through the inventory of the company's intellectual property or intangible assets, um, review contracts that may affect the company assets while considering an IP or intellectual property audit to review their intellectual property, what the company has while verifying their intellectual property, what to protect, what to exploit, what to grow. And it's also best that while doing all of this, you're speaking with your intellectual property lawyer. Now, the relevant form of intellectual property relevant to the e-commerce platform includes copyright, trademark, patent, industrial design, and trade, and trade secret. Now, our case study for today is focused on trademark infringement, but I'll just do like a brief rundown of um, what the other IPs are all about. Copyright, as we know, protects original literary and artistic creations of all types such as composers, software developers, web designers, who you will need while building your e-commerce platform. Um, copyright is the only IP that gives you automatic protection so far as your work is in a fixed or tangible medium or format. It also gives you legal protection and backing, um, gives you exclusive bundle of rights for a limited period of time, which is like the, your lifetime plus, you know, 70 years afterwards. It also gives you like um, economic right to, to um, control the use of your work
for revenue or remuneration. They also have the moral right to prevent um, or prevent any modification and protect your reputation and, and integrity. Um, it's also important to state that copyright does not protect ideas, titles, slogans, short phrases. So if you have like an e-commerce idea, like, oh, there's this business I want to do. I want to create like an e-commerce platform like Amazon. You're still, you're still, you're still in the um, formation stage. You haven't put pen, pen to paper to for us to see it in a tangible format. And like, oh, right. Um, so even if it's highly creative, you can enjoy copyright protection depending on the jurisdiction. Now, you get exclusive rights for that. You also have the the right to reproduce, to make copies, to distribute, to rent it out, to licenses, to do any adaptation or translation, etc., etc. Now, types of copyright that is relevant to e-commerce platforms, computer programs, software, design chips, routers and switches, user interface, source code, algorithms, technical descriptions, programs, logic flow charts, and data, database contents. I know I have an ep episode on IP rights as it relates to UI UX design, so you guys can check out that episode. Then the um, Google Ara Cookies, you know, is another one that you guys can also check check or listen to. Now, if you pay someone to develop your website, who do you think actually owns the copyright? Now, this, this depends on two things. One, what the law provides in Nigeria is that the first person is the author. However, in the event where you were hired or commissioned to do the work or you made it while you built the website or the platform while you were an employee, an agreement is what would determine who owns the work. Um, and also... There's also, um, you can also go into like joint authorship or ownership where, where several persons contributed to the work and then also consider if it's a derivative work, but I don't, it may not really apply here. So what's the difference between authorship and ownership? Now, authorship is the person or an author is a person who created the work while the owner is a person who like merely contributed information or ideas or suggestions, but did not contribute to the expression of the work and therefore has an exclusive right to explore the work. So I hope that actually makes sense. Now let's go to the next form of IP. Next type of IP is patent. And patent would be the inversion that relates to the software that was used to build the e-commerce websites and the internet text. Now, any software that demonstrates control or configures some company's hardware can be patented regardless of whether it includes significant mathematical process. And that is like the guideline for registering software patents in the United States. Next on the list is trademark. Now, remember I had stated our case study for today is a trademark infringement case, but I just want to go through the types of IP and how relevant they are to the e-commerce. So next up is trademark and unfair competition in e-commerce, which will include goodwill, reputation, logo, um, the symbol, branding, customer recognition of the e-commerce platform. So example, I already listed out types of... Um, e-commerce brands in Nigeria, which Conga, 
um, oil, LX, DOD, um, etc. And now with Amazon coming in, so we, we put Amazon in the list as well. Trademark is very essential um, for e-commerce business as it helps with branding, customer recognition, goods. There are also essential elements of a web-based business which are protected by trademark and unfair competition law. Now, e-commerce business owners should avoid using a trademark in a way that it will cause confusion. So once there's a likelihood of confusion in, in the space, that's going to raise some issue because trademarks act as a source and origin, uh, source of origin to a product. Trademark infringement in digital age and how it's related to e-commerce will include meta-tagging, AdWords, cyber squatting, um, domain name issues. Now, I'll explain each of these types of trademark infringement. One, which is meta-tagging. This is where you use like keywords or phrases and you, you put them in your website, HTML code, and they are visible to people that want to access your website, but they 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 cannot be read by some search engines by placing names of competing companies in the metadata. For example, we had the case of Cosmetics Warriors against Amazon again. <laughs> um, the claim was that Amazon breached the lost trademark in a number of ways and that Amazon UK and EU arms were joint thought fiscal in that case. Now, what that means is that each party that they were each was a party to a common design to infringe their trademark. One head of the clean consent internet advertising. Amazon had bid on the keyword launch. So sometimes so okay, let me just continue. So sometimes you may be doing like a Google search, you want to access something that you put in word. And because they have inputted this uh, meta tags where some keywords will lead you straight to their website. You end up not going to the original site that you want to go to, but you're being diverted. So Google had put in, used the keyword "lush" within their Google AdWords service, so as to trigger a sponsored link advertisement appearing on the Google search results. Whenever a customer types "lush" into the search box, Amazon will be part of the search list. Now another case is the Interflora against Max and Spencer case. It's also a UK case. Um. Now, the UK High Court decision related to keywords and trademark infringement has said that they, there was a need to balance and protect um, trademarks with reputation and fair competition in the sector of goods and services. The court also said that the use of a sign by an advertiser as a keyword to trigger a sponsor link in, in use and the cost of trade that relates to the advertiser's goods or services, even when the sign selected as a keyword does not appear um, in the ad advertisements that such use can be prevented by the trademark owner if it is liable to have um, severe effect on one of the functions of the trademark, which will include that trademark identifies um, the commercial or trade origin of the goods which is applied. The second would be, uh, which uh, which basically is like a badge of risk. The second one would be that it advertises the goods or services sold by the trader in connection with the mark which is known as the investment vehicle. And thirdly, it can be an indication of quality, which helps in differentiating between inferior goods. So back to our conversation where third-party sellers, you know, try to um, make consumers or the buyer feel that what they are buying is actually the original and not the inferior goods. Now, the following elements can, can be found or protected as an industrial design. 
in the e-commerce business. One web page, the features of the computers and the icons in the computer. Um, and industrial designers, a form of intellectual property, appearance matters a lot. As it can also help a business win brand loyalty. It can also um, stem from a product being new or novel, original, and has its own original or individual character. Registration may be done in a particular class, but it's not limited to the goods in, in that class of goods. Um, for you to get an industrial design registration, it helps in improving on competitiveness in the following ways. One, registration means that you obtain a fair return of investment. You also see it as a business asset which can be licensed and can contribute to the total revenue of the e-commerce business. It covers unintentional infringement and the registration certificate is an important proof in the case of an infringement. Now, once a design acquires distinctiveness through its use in the market, um, over a period of time, it qualified for being registered as a mark. Next up is patent. <laughs> now, in the in the US, you know that the US Patent and Trademark Office has the right, and this software patent application guideline was issued in 1996. We are trying, you know, Nigeria. We are trying because <laughs> I know now we have new patent developments in the um, patent registry where you are allowed to do like utility model registration and the rest of them so we're coming up we're coming up all we just need next is for our laws to be updated but then um patent registration protection will include protection of the source code of the computer software or anything that has commercial value and gives your business an edge over another business um which includes products formulas customers now i'm talking about trade degree because i'm done with um patent but just to emphasize that patent protects new or novel um, inventions that are not uh, subject to morality or public policy. Um, it also has doesn't have to be obvious to a skilled person. And the functionality of your invention, whether it's improving on an already uh, existing invention or it's your new invention, you have to show that in your patent claim. So trade secret is another form of IP that gives you like a business edge over um, the other company. So what is making Amazon better than Conga or Dream? Yeah, these are things you're looking out for. It's also very important that you take precautions about disclosure of your trade secrets or confidential information. You also need to make sure that anyone who might get to know about your confidential information, such as your employees or the maintenance contractor, website host, internet providers are bound by a confidentiality or non-disclosure agreement. Um, so yeah, that's about it for the types of IP. Next up, we'll be talking about intellectual property issues bordering on e-commerce and international transaction in the digital era. So, so, our next conversation, what are the issues bordering on e-commerce uh, international transaction? One will be um, issues on jurisdiction because we have different laws that guide and protect intellectual property. And remember that intellectual property is territorial in nature. Other than the intellectual property law, there are other laws that you may need to check out while doing business in that particular area the next up is enforcement issue uh, which is one of the issues that um, arise when dealing with 
infringement cases because it sometimes it may be difficult for you to actually enforce your judgment um, or, 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 you know, any court order that was given. So next up, types of contracts relevant to e-commerce business. You have employment contract, development agreement, web design agreement, licensing agreement, distribution agreement, domain name, um, trademark license agreement, cross-license agreement, patent licensing agreement, etc., etc. Next up, um, so I'll just do like a brief summary about the case, what the case is really about, because I'm not sure I've mentioned it, because I just stated that the case is a case between David Ops, licensing courty against Amazon. So in our case study for today, it turns out that Cotty who owns the David Off trademark found that someone was selling the David Off hot water perfume on Amazon and so sued Amazon for trademark infringement. Remember, I said trademark infringement is you using um, someone's work without their consent. Um, and in this case, this would be the product itself, the name, the logo, the brand everything where the brand owner lost because he could not prove that amazon uh, was aware of the infringement now the courts was of, of the opinion that um amazon can be expected to show particular care in terms of control of the lawfulness of the goods they trade in in essence what that means is that amazon has the responsibility to verify the authenticity of product being sold and that without their control it, it, they can their platform can be used for the sale of illegal counterfeited goods pirated goods stolen or unwanted goods on their platform so another brief background about this case is that Corti Germany who happens to be a perfume distributor and, and the licensee of the EU trademark for David of perfume um sued Amazon for allowing an infringing or a counterfeit hot water David of perfume to be sold on its platform. Now Amazon platform allows third parties as owners of non of intellectual property such as perfumes or accessories or product to actually sell or place offers for sale on their Amazon Marketplace section on the website. Now, where that um, product ends up being sold, there's a contract that states that the goods are concluded between the third-party seller and the person buying. Now, those third-party sellers um, must avail themselves to the fulfillment of Amazon skin, which allows goods to be stored by the Amazon group companies, and later distributed by external services. Now, when Corti Germany had initially sued Amazon, they lost the case, uh, and it was and it was later brought before the Federal Court of Justice in Germany, and they lost as well. Now, the question then was, would um, third-party seller whose goods are stored without being aware of that they are infringing someone's intellectual property rights, such as trademark, um, itself qualifies as an infringement, as an infringement rather.
let's bring this back home let's say for instance now i decide to put on sale a zara shoe or a zara perfume and it turns out to not be the original um zara shoe or perfume would the buyer then hold amazon liable now this is this 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 depends solely on what the terms and conditions were stated on the amazon platform and what the laws in nigeria will provide now because this case was taken before the highest court in the eu which is the court of justice eu they relied on article 9 sub 2 paragraph b of the council regulation ec number 207 slash 2009 of 26 february 2009 on um trademark and article 9 sub 3 paragraph b of that regulation 2017 slash 1101 of the eu that's the the european parliament and the council of 14th june 27 i'm reading a lot of legal things but i'm just trying to you know refer you guys to what was cited and what is there so what um, they said there was that a person who on behalf of a third party stores goods which infringe trademark rights without being aware of the infringement must be regarded as not stocking those goods in order to offer them or put them in the market for the purpose of this provision if that person does not itself pursue those aims. So basically Amazon cannot be held liable. Um but yeah, you guys can check out the law and the podcast uh, version but you find out that even as e-commerce platform they kind of have like a warehouse where these goods are stored same thing with third party um, sellers who may decide to have their own mini warehouse either at their place of home or you know exploring the amazon options and the likes of it so coming into nigeria what can amazon do differently do they put in ip policies that protect them from future dsp because um the Nigerian market is huge. Um, you have startups and businesses springing up left, right, center. And we are blessed with really talented people. So with that experience that they've had in jurisdictions like the UK, the EU, what can they do differently that will protect them against third-party um, disputes? What are the online dispute resolution mechanisms that they wish to explore? Would they want to opt for a court um, resolution um, option or out of court options because you know th with the digital era m more 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 disputes and issues will arise and um, again i think that's another thing that um, amazon should consider let me let me know what you guys think if you think differently do you think that amazon should have been held liable for the third party sale that took place on their platform where they actually breaching the trademarks of um david off's brand should david off also stop amazon from storing and delivering their unlicensed products is there a way amazon can like create a list of um licensed distributor on their platform even if they are third party sellers um what what are the options available where a consumer finds out that the, the product they bought was 
um, an infringing item, how can Amazon protect themselves? So because as a business, you also have to look at it from the bigger, bigger picture, especially now when we have um, NFTs and the metaverse. What happens if someone decides to curate a product, an unlicensed product, and sell in, let's say, for instance, Amazon and create like a metaverse Nigerian um a, a an amazon metaverse nigerian market and someone decides to sell um an unlicensed product on that platform what are those measures or policies that they intend um to keep would amazon strictly ban those products um what are the the monitoring team going to do you know so i think the the head of legal should also consider the IP implications for having third-party sellers on the Amazon platform. And they're looking at it from the global perspective as well. How will this benefit the economy? And what are the benefits for sellers, potential sellers in the market? Is there going to be like a blockchain um, registry for verifying the authenticity of products that will be sold on the platform. So I think Amazon has a lot of work moving into the African space. They can also set precedents for other e-commerce platforms to follow in terms of verifying um, authentic goods and, you know, checkmating the intellectual property rights of IP owners and not infringed in the international um, brand owners. And do international brand owners now have to start considering um, creating or going into distribution agreement or franchise agreement or exclusive arrangement to have selected um, third-party sellers in Nigeria or basically using influencers. I mean, the options are huge and enormous. So, yeah, uh, we'll be wrapping up in a couple of minutes, but that's all about the summary of the case. So, Amazon won against Corti. The court held that they were not infringing um the court had held that they were not really infringing on um, Corti's rights uh, because Amazon themselves did not offer the goods or put them on sale. Um, Amazon com- company had themselves had not used David's mark, David off um, mark on his platform. Rather, the third party seller should have been held um, liable for trademark infringement. So Corti should have sued. Um, the third-party seller and not Amazon. So I think, again, we also have to look at it from the points where we have to now create laws for um, um, e-commerce platform, how they can prevent, you know, their work from, prevent people from selling counterfeited goods. Um, what are the storage policies they have? How are they verifying um, consent, permission, authorization from sellers, etc., etc.? Now, for my business owners, entrepreneurs, startups, intellectual property is something that you should take very seriously. I mean, it's very important for your business. It also helps you come up with like business strategies. So, because it's an intangible asset in this digital era, it's you know, it's key for creators and innovators who. Um, who are contributing their quotas to the growth of an economy to take more seriously. Now, we have 
um, international treaties such as the trade aspects of intellectual property rights known as the TRIPS agreement which provides protection and enforcement of intellectual property rights in member countries so if Nigeria is a not if Nigeria is a member of the TRIPS agreement so that means any other country where um, that are members or signatory to that agreement we are required to also give them some sort of protection and enforcement of the intellectual property um, they also help in providing effective and adequate protection of the intellectual property rights with a view of reducing distortion and impediment to um, international trade. Now, finally, in the event of a dispute that arises in the e-commerce um, space or platform, the company such as Amazon can create like its own dispute resolution mechanism. Um, there, are, there, are, there are terms of use, um, refund policy, um, Whatever it is, e-commerce websites must also be considered. Now, in this digital era, parties can opt for online dispute resolution mechanism, which is considered to be very um, fast and gaining popularity over the um, years. Um, certainly, out of court, is also the best option because of the sensitivity of the dispute that may arise. However, going to court, just as how Coty and Amazon did, would set precedent for other future cases. Now, examples of um, disputes, common disputes, would include misleading product information. So for this, they would all hot water um, perfume. Was the product information misleading? Were they defective? Uh, was it a counterfeit? Was it bought from an unsecured website? They did involve like a cross-border dispute where the person bought it from, say, the United States or any of the EU countries and decide to import it into Nigeria. Um, especially in this area of electronic business environment, um, the main forms of um, ADR will include arbitration, mediation, negotiation processes that are effective in settling disputes out of court and in a manner that is less formal than litigation in court. Now we have um, the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators Nigeria branch. We also have the Institute of Chartered Mediators. We also have the Lagos Court of Arbitration. We also have um, the Lagos Chamber of Commerce. Um, we also have Lagos Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Lagos Chamber of International Commerce. Something like that. I think LASIAC. That's what it's called. Um, but one of the advantages of um this this form of this resolution as ADR is that it's um voluntary, it's cheaper, it's faster, um it's private, it's a less formal it involves a less formal um procedure. Now it turns out that Amazon has its own dispute resolution mechanism for buyers and merchants. Um you can check that out. It's called just do a Google search for um payamazon.com and it takes you straight to the that's the buyer dispute resolution program just read it out so I, i'll just do like a um, let's see so where you buy where when does the amazon pay buyer dis, dispute program apply if you used amazon pay to purchase an item so this is amazon i'm trying to take responsibility in the event that it is arising where you pay the merchant for the item or service but it, it, it did not arrive 
where you receive the item, but the item is materially different than the one the merchant had described, which happens a lot with Instagram sellers. You purchase something, what you ordered against what you got, it's not the same thing. What was in the picture is not what you got. I'm sure a lot of people have fallen prey to this. Um, so Amazon has its own pay disputes um, program, which you can explore, which is a good thing, which I think and I hope that other e-commerce platform and also Instagram sellers would, you know, start thinking of having like a online dispute resolution dispute program or plan to sort out issues like these. Um, but nothing about, um, you know, what happens when... So Amazon defines what is called a materially different to be wrong version or edition item conditions or details not as described so which the the hot water um david off perfume will include wrong item missing parts defective item damaged item i know i've used this platform before where i had, I had ordered a what's it called now a crochet needle and it was defective and i had to like you know make a complaint and the person had to send another one again so yeah now finally um already existing and upcoming e-commerce platform in nigeria should be more strategic when positioning in this digital economy by taking their intellectual property serious so while we are excited about amazon coming into the market we also want to see them coming with their you know new developments and policies that they've been taking out or exploring in other jurisdictions and also give um, the Nigerian market a, a chance to showcase what we really have and you know just be more proactive <laughs> so our Alaba brothers and sisters and you know Balogu market the rest of them don't take advantage of it but yeah um, let me know if you found this episode um, insightful or interesting, what you learned, what you think I said wrong, what you want me to, you know, correct, and I will do that. And so we have come to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something. If, if there's anything I want you guys to take away, it's that when you buy a product from amazon know that you're not buying it directly from amazon you're buying from third party sellers so like i stated amazon should have like a policy for third party sellers who want to sell their products on their platform especially nigerian products on their platform and if you're going to sell a product that is not yours there should also be policies for that uh you know the dispute resolution mechanism works i know amazon has like a pro bono service and all of that so i'm open to I'm looking forward to what Amazon has to offer and I hope this is like a good opportunity for the Nigerian startups and business owners. But yeah, on to the next IP series episode. Thank you guys for listening to me talk and ramble about intellectual property. Uh, and yeah, bye for now and see you in episode 71. Cheers, guys. <laughs>